Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Justin Foster and myself, Juan Kingsbury. Justin and I are really good friends who are always talking about everything under the sun, and we trust each other. We can say things that, frankly, would be embarrassing or misunderstood uh, in the public eye, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to say it and record it and let you decide if we're wrong. But we do ask that you consider it for yourself. The things that you believe in, the things that you uh, say you have conviction about, is there a chance that you might be wrong? We hope you enjoy our show. Well, my first, my reaction to almost every label that is kind of like um, a cliche is I, I view it as sort of um, it discredits someone's uh, credibility um, to use. Yeah, the person saying it. Yeah. Um, and um, I think so. I think that's the first sort of reaction I have to whatever term like toxic masculinity or um, white privilege or things like that. But. I have become more aware, conscious, sensitive to why they're using it. Um, it's a placeholder for something. And sometimes it's virtue signaling, sure. Sometimes it's judging and shaming based off of, you know, the other, the binary thinking that is so corrosive. But sometimes it's, they don't know what else to say. And I need to, my, my, one of my jobs, as it were, is to extend grace to people actually assaulted or had men use their power over her. And when I dismiss it as toxic masculinity, meh, I dismiss the fact that that's the phrase they use to describe their own experience. Yeah. And, and I, so and I, it's funny because and it's not to me, that makes sense. Like why my friend who I, who I trust and 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 really am interested in what you think, not just your feelings around it. Like I'm like okay, because he's he's someone who who thinks about this stuff versus just mm -hmm. reacts. Is I hear something, I'm like, yeah, that's what that is. That's I've always seen that. I never was able to so like in in uh, the curse of knowledge. Yeah. If you're a seven out of ten on something, you think, hey, I'm gonna dumb this down to a five so everyone else can get get hip to it. Where where really most of us are hanging out are one and twos on a lot of these things that we're experts in. Like I, the example with uh, Courtney, with the Excel, she would get mad. She's like, Juan, you tell everyone I'm, I'm an expert in Excel. I'm like, I'm not. And she's like, and I was like, well, one to 10, what are you? She's like, six. I'm like, okay. Most of us um, think we're sevens. We're really twos. And really, if we got to a three, our life would be amazing. Yes. Um, and so it, it dumbs it down for me. But I also do understand that that... When people say any type of generality, I call it an ism, racism, mm -hmm. sexism. Yep. Um, it it's lazy. It's it's uh -huh. it's your your broad stroking, but also it's it's a start. But to your uh -huh. point, and I'm admitting this to you for the first time, that's when I have a I wouldn't say I don't know negative, but I'm like the 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 popular guys, the Jordan Petersons, the Joe Rogans, mm -hmm. these anti words, especially that you say, I'm like, well, they're very right attacking or or conservative attacking and so my first instinct is well of course you don't like them because you i wouldn't say you lean conservative but you um 
you're not a bleeding heart liberal, or at least you, you weren't when I first met you. So, um, I mean, yeah. You, these, are there any labels that you don't like on on the other side that you know the? Uh, yeah, like oh, absolutely. Like I, um, well, one of them is was used by, um, and I refuse to say his name until he's out of office. So we'll just say POTUS. You got it. Uh, is that calling uh, people thugs? Um, yeah, that's a label. I, I I hate that. It's uh, um, and so um. There's this whole um, genre of labels that come out of the right-wing trolls. So snowflake is an example. Yeah, hate that term. Um, the the then like owning the libs, which isn't really like basically using the term liberal as some sort of disparaging term. Yes. Oh, actually, and that yeah. for me, I just got little hairs on my neck stand up. That's my problem is like, I, was I literally was telling a friend, I'm like, I want to be conservative. I want to protect the things that I believe in mm -hmm. and I think are right. And, you know, my Nana makes tamales. And I think that's cool that we do that for, but also want to be liberal and free and thinking and da, 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 or at least these words we've like put them in stone and we right. all have these reactions like yes. evangelical, right. like wait, you say evangelical to my dad, you know, his head's going to pop off <laughs> because he yeah. he's yeah. only sees that as a negative thing. And, and so... So what do we do? Because like you said, you're you're losing credibility. But for someone like me, it also gets our attention because I'd never heard that before. They took it from a seven yeah. to a two. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think what I, my mindset is uh, on it is, is 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 it a conversation starter or conversation ender? That's the intention. Yeah. If you're using a term, an ism or a label and you're trying to end the conversation, I got no use for that. It makes me want to fight you. Um, yeah. If you're using it as a conversation starter, if you, somebody said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about toxic masculinity or white privilege or, you know, what uh, evangelicals, if that's a conversation starter, let's have that conversation. Because conversation is really, other than your own personal enlightenment, conversation is the bridge between two binary sides. It's the only way to bridge two binary sides. Yeah. Um, without conversation and without some level of personal enlightenment or consciousness, you will remain in your tribe. It's biological. You are going to remain in your tribe. And so therefore having a conversation means venturing away from your tribe and understanding that the tribe is an, a, entirely a construct. It's made up. Yeah. There's really not that much. There's Well, there's no biological differences between any humans other than pigmentation and hair texture. Mm -hmm. Everything else is we're just humans. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think the other aspect of this with labels using that kind of general term, ironically, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is, um, I want to be, I want to be careful within my own heart that I don't use a label as a way to disparage. Um, now if I'm doing it in good humor, like if I call you a Keurig coffee drinker, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm making fun. I mean, you know, that's, that's almost like satire yeah. or like a roast yeah. I and mean, there's humor behind it. I don't hate you for it. I yeah. just think it's funny. Well, or that, that, pop country fan. You know, those are, <laughs> that's way different than going, you're I, a liberal snowflake. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to own you on the internet. Yeah. You know, no, no. And that's, oh man, I would go back to that. I think the first thing you said was the conversation ender or starter. Everyone's trying mm -hmm. to freaking be Chris rock and drop the mic in every yeah. post, in every conversation. Right. It, it isn't about man that, that, that hits it. That's, that's the nail on the head that, for me, we go back, let's take toxic masculinity. 
it was a conversation starter. Not necessarily how it was presented, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, I want to hear more. So that word opened a door to something that I was a little scared of, but interested in, in learning more. When you hear it or other people hear it, um, it is someone attacking you or, or, or not even saying, hey, what do you have to say about this? It's more of your, your, your label. You're putting the scarlet letter on them and saying, you know, shame, yep. shame. Um, shame. What, what are some other ones? So like, here, I'll, I'll try to think. Toxic. So you don't like toxic masculinity, white privilege. Um, well, it's, I just want to be clear. I don't I just don't like the term. I understand where it comes from. And, and that's fair. So that, yeah, and, I would, yeah. And I never I think that's why I was always interested. Yeah, you, you're all right, because people are going to hear this. He's not against <laughs> those things uh, or, right. or, or not saying they're not yeah. valid concerns and things that are happening. And right. I never thought that. But I was like, oh, why? Why is this version of it? Um, yeah. I think you see it um, with um, age or generations like the OK Boomer. Yeah. Which I, which I despise. I despise that. But it's so lazy and disrespectful and. Um, or when, when older people use the term millennial as like a disparaging term, oh, those millennial snowflakes, yeah. you know, like they're, yeah. they're so, they're so, uh, entitled. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think at the, even going deeper to this stuff, the problem that I have personally, when people talk, it's not even the words, it's what you say that the tone, the disparage remarks, whether it's from friends, family member, news, et cetera, it's a lie. We yeah. know it's a lie. Like, I'll tell a story. I won't say who it was. But I have a friend that basically made a very racist statement based on a group of people that he worked with. And I know he's not racist in the way that I would think someone. But what he fucking was saying was, I'm like, dude, why are you saying that? And then I'm like thinking, thinking. And then I'm like, no, he knows not every person is. But for whatever reason, he has a strong experience that this group of people at this point in time and it's it's our brains operating kind of at, at its lowest system versus yes. at its highest place. So it, to me, it's it's a lazy behavior, but it's also you're we're lying when we generalize everyone. It's the easy way out that yes. makes us feel better in that moment, but really does doesn't actually help us. What we're really doing with labels is we're projecting. We're we're seeing humans as abstracts. It's kind of screens for our projections. So we, we, without consciousness, without some level of increased self-awareness or whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. just call it consciousness, without some level of increased consciousness, you are going to project your biases onto other people. And then you are going to explain those biases that you've projected onto other people with labels. Yeah. Um, and, and any person, and this is the, this is why I say that if we're going to be, if, if we're divided as a nation and we definitely are, it's really a divide between low consciousness and high consciousness. So the woman in the park who is a, was a progressive, a self-proclaimed progressive yeah. that, <laughs> oh, man. Was, uh, that was the, the woman in the park with the dog and all that. Yeah. That is, that is an example of low consciousness as is, as is, and even though it's much more heinous and violent and criminal as is, uh, you know, the, 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 what happened in Minneapolis, yeah, with the, the murder, cops, yeah, the, the, murder. the murder, I mean, it's, let's call it what it is. Yeah. And, um, that's all low conscious behavior. So what that requires us that have a little bit higher consciousness, and I'm not saying that in an elitist way, but you and I have both done a lot of work to raise our consciousness of who we are and how we see the world. Mm -hmm. It is our job to point to the illusion. 
It's like I wrote on my last post about uh, how to be a heretic. You have to point to the illusion, as you said. I like how you said it's a lie. It's a lie. It's yeah. a lie to project your biases onto someone else and give it a bunch of labels and say, that's the way it is. Yes. And, um, and, and I think that's the thing. Like, even when we say it, we know it's not true. But to, to expose ourselves that way, like, defeats the, the thing, or at least we think it does. And and here's the thing. Like, I I agree with you. I have done a lot of work on, on looking into... Um, actually, when, uh, your friend, uh, you connected me to uh, Lauren, I think wrong name Lindsay, but she goes yeah i'm really self-aware and then she corrected herself and i really gave her a lot of credit i don't think she really um uh, uh accepted it as much as i meant it i was like she's like I, i'm really working on myself where no that's not true i'm just hyper in- introspective I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a good thing and i was like okay yeah. you just hit on something huge because there are so many people who will say i'm a coach or i'm this or right i've read this and i'm like you still got a lot of work to do um right. And and the reason I'm saying that is even though I've worked on this, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm really low right now. I get depressed. And and I think we're all susceptible to the lady in the park, what you example, the reminder for depending on when you're listening to a lady was uh, basically used um, a threat of calling the police and saying an African-American man is threatening, harassing me. And uh, but she was panicked. And I'm not justifying that, but clearly, like, she's choking her dog when she's saying she's afraid of this man who's 10, 20 feet away. Um, and, I, like, I was telling my buddies about it. I was like, she's, she messed up here. But you can also tell she's not thinking very clearly because she's choking her own dog. Um, yeah. And she's talking like an asshole. So there's yeah. difference between being an asshole and then being, like, racist and all these things. But um, I just bunny trailed off. But my point is that I don't think most of us want to admit that we don't look inward because it's it when you're really doing it it's it's scary and uncomfortable yeah i mean racism is is just take that as an example and there's many of these racism is but is is one kind of we're talking about now racism is a is uh learned behavior um there's no evidence whatsoever that you're born with some sort of like racist dna yeah um, it's social conditioning from a psychological standpoint. And so it's triggered off of biases. And part of consciousness is the removal of biasness, biases. It's, it's, it's the extraction of them and breaking them down. That's what why contemplativeness is so important. So if we want to fight racism as an example, we need to make a lot of system, systemic changes, yes. But what we also need to do is to have... Um, Ha, uh, uh, this 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 almost like community out effort to be more contemplative and to return and to go inward yeah um yeah. and right now what we have especially in the in the uh you know the the what i refer to as the tgop um is we have with with that side we have we have there's a lot of um emasculated um, emotionally stunted arrested development men in that movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we have a lot of damaged people given power, including the person with the most power in the land right now. And so that, that in order to maintain your damage, your damaged self, you're like broken up, like busted psyche and your disconnect from your soul in order to maintain that from while well, you're in a place of power, you have to continually tap into hatred, 
and resentment and anger. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, that's that, because to admit, and this is kind of the loop here, this whole di- diatribe I'm on, to admit that um, you might be wrong is an act of contemplation that the ego fears the most. Oh, yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I mean, and I, I, I know I do it all of the time. I'm married and would like to stay that way. <laughs> and, and, yeah. um, and it, but it works both ways. Uh, but that to, to actually say, like to say, I'm sorry. And I, I mean it, you know, <laughs> is, is a huge thing that I don't think most of us do too often. Um, but the, uh, one of the things I think about, especially with politics and regardless of what, whichever way people live uh, or uh, vote, is survival. At the end of the day, we we all want to survive. And I think I, I've shared this with, before with you. But the job description in my area, when you're a caveman, was don't die. You know, you that was it. Your job was to either get food or shelter and don't die. And, and that included your, your tribe or family or whatever. And that mm-hmm. was it for the majority of time, even farming was don't die, but a little bit more time, you know, but if you don't harvest, you're going to die in six months, a year, whatever. And then with, um, you, I probably borrowed this from you, but with the, the, the economic changes the last hundred or so years, it was no longer don't die anymore. Yes. There's always in Kings and Queens, but now the average family could, you know, middle class gets created. Um, you know, the, the middle class now gets to own these giant mechanical vehicles that can transport you in, in a matter of hours cars we didn't have those before and now we can have not just one two we can have more than one in a lifetime and so we went from don't die to accumulate you know wealth and do with what as you please um and then you know we talk about serving and helping people and usually it's positioned as hey you're bill gates now that you have a billion dollars now you can go help people and and different philosophers and whatnot have been like no you you need to serve You, you can serve whenever you don't need but going back to this label thing, it's appealing to that survival mode of you're going to die. The black people, the white people, the people that don't look like you or talk like you or believe like you. And what really confuses me is when I do see um, non-old white uh, GOP members or very very people who are supportive, I'm like, I don't even know if it's about skin. I mean, definitely skin is still an issue. But it's this cultural shift of uh, appealing to the what they call it, the reptilian brain in us of not dying. And mm-hmm. to me, it makes sense. Like, this is a, a bold statement, but like, I understand why people are racist. I don't agree, but like they, you said it's a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. I still bite my nails. My dad tried to put salsa on my fingernails when I was four because I bit them all the time. I still bite them. Like to unlearn that is hard. And that's mm-hmm. just my stupid nails, not other people's yeah, right. life. But it's appealing right. to this survival thing that we do need it. We do need fear, but it gets tapped by these people that we trust because we think we're going to die. And and truthfully, you know, I, I'm sure I, I, I've done the same thing and we'll do the same thing with other leaders, depending on the threats that I have. Hell, with, with COVID, we all think or thought we're going to die and we've made very strong decisions mm-hmm. because of a fear of, oh, you know, con- there's real consequences. So I think that's what you're saying is you can't be in survival mode to mm-hmm. to to really kind of overcome these labels or, or um, stereotypes, you know, these right. broad strokes. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting too because in real survival mode, like real like life or death situations, um, there's the 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 idea of racism is foolish 
Oh, it, it, that's yeah. All yeah. isms are really stupid and long term. Like, um, and yeah, it's it's not the opposite of strategic. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I think another uh, thing that that really like bothers me. I find it like uh, agitating at a deeper level. I need a bigger word than that. Um, is um, that 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 when people use labels, what they're doing is they're it gives them like a pathway to use fallacy logic. Um, and so like, for example, um, and I got this, this thing I found it's 10, it's the 10 laws of logic or reason. And it show, and it's, and it's from like uh, critical thinking and uh, it, but the co most common one is fallacy logic. So we think something is true. So, and then with, which produces a comparative logic. So I have heard, I have heard things like from 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 you know white people. I've heard things like um, like uh, Kaepernick is disrespectful, um, and so because he's disrespectful, I don't like Black Lives Matter. I think all lives matter. That is an example of you apply a label to somebody, and pretty soon you are in the false logic false comp the com the uh, com uh, false comparison game and all you're doing is you're falling further into this giant vat of bullshit yeah um, you're not climbing your way out of that that type of thinking you're falling further into it yeah and unfortunately sadly tragically we have leaders that use that to exploit people yeah well unfortunately um, I felt like I was channeling you when I had this conversation the other day, but I was like, living under a king or a dictator is simple. They they tell you what you can and can't do. Being free and on your own is scary and complicated. And this is me reflecting on all this financial hoops I have to jump through <laughs> during the because I was just I hate looking at my numbers, my bank stuff. And I'm like, but this is what I this comes with the territory of of uh, running my own business and changing my logo or whatever it is, you know, having complete freedom. I go work for someone else. Um, it's not a dictatorship, but that's the appeal of like, oh, I don't have to worry about all these other things someone else does. Um, you, uh, th that's what pisses me off. Not even pisses off. It disappoints me when, like you say, oh, I don't like this one thing, so everything else that has ever breezed by it and it doesn't like when people go eo make it this a little lighthearted like when people are like oh i i went to that um starbucks i hate starbucks and i'm like you met one person at one place now if you don't like the starbucks coffee the taste etc okay i kind of get that but it it's one place and we and then we you know we we're gonna boycott chick-fil-a we're gonna boycott all these other places um and i think that goes back to like our our ram and our brains doesn't have a lot of external uh, backups. And I think that's why when you are introspective or people journal or write songs, you're, you're getting out that, that data so you can make room for new ideas. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if contemplativeness makes you a better person. It probably does, but I'll guarantee you it does not. It keeps you from becoming a troll. Yeah. That's the main thing. It's like, and by troll would just sort of mean like passive aggressive asshole. Yeah. Um, and that gets manifest in a lot of different ways. And so 
we have weaponized and normalized troll behavior. We have a, we have a, a the a, the president of the United States that is a troll, uh, in all of his language, um, and, but, trolling, that being a troll, being an asshole, uh, for your own cause is part of this whole labeling thing, because, it's, it, it's basically what we're doing is replacing labels on other people that are disparaging. Not it's not even I don't think all that intellectual because it's pretty low conscious behavior. Yeah, we're doing it so we feel better about ourselves. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. hundred percent. It was similar to when when Romney was was when ran, ran for president and he was like, well, we got a rich man. Nah, 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 nah. You know, like he's another rich man. And, and, and it was this false argument to me that just because some dude is rich does not mean that they took it from you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a zero sum game. Wealth isn't now. We can get into privilege and all that other stuff and yada, yada. Yeah. It's that false comparative. It's that false comparative idea that all these, all, all rich white guys are the same. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah. Well, I, I've gone to a couple of DNI workshops or back when we were interacting and, uh, cause I didn't know what DNI was diversity and inclusion, like a whole thing. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I should pay attention or at least I wanted to not assume. And I went and 90% of it, I was like, okay, kind of cool. Like you hear real stories, but then everything was old white guys. I'm like, guys, you're not off to a good start. If someone called me, you know, young brown kid, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd really be receptive of, of what they said ever. Um, even if I was an old white guy, you know, it's, it's, um, no one likes to be labeled uh, and it's not the best way to extend a conversation, but you, you say something or as you say that, I'm like, well, no wonder trolls run because or uh, r come into power and run because to, to be introspective and to really reflect and think like that's a self, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, you have to do that yourself. You can't necessarily go to a class. You kind of can, but um, to truly do the work, you, you and only you can do the work. Mm -hmm. So it's so like if I was running for president, I'd be like, OK, I'm going to really appeal to all these people to look inward and not blame anyone else. Except That's a lot harder if I was yeah. trying to win at all yeah. costs versus, oh, you're afraid of this boogeyman. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get him. Yeah. So like I get why that it, it's so easy to get caught up. And that's, you know, not to open a different can of worms, but I was like, oh, that is the gift of yeah philosophy christianity of like look you're always going to be tempted with these things and if you're not you know getting right with whatever it is you believe in you will become the bad guy the enemy yeah yeah totally and i think i think you know we see this in um in marketing and advertising especially the you know the old traditional way of of, of it which was you know the manipulation of fud of fear uncertainty and doubt um and it was uh, Freud's nephew that's considered to be the father of modern advertising. Oh, yeah. Freudian principles to be able to be like, hey, you can, through messaging and propaganda, convince people they need something they don't need, or you can tap into their insecurities and you can tap into their fears and then they will buy your product because they think that's going to help them with their insecurities, especially related to identity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all... I, I hesitate to call it evil, but it's heinous. Yeah, it's a it's it, you know it's why we at, at Root and River, the company I co-own with Emily, with Emily is we talk about um, humanistic marketing practices 
which is if I was to be blunt about it, it would just say, don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> don't be an asshole with your marketing. Yeah. Well, here, um, here's, a, here's a big broad one that I, even I fall under and I've started to kind of redefine the word for myself, but capitalism. As, as that is a, a, a term that people have one reaction or another. Um, and with what you're saying about the, what you say, Freud's nephew, which I had mm-hmm. heard, like, okay, well, that's the capitalism that I know. And so when other people are touting it as this, there's a coach who I, I really do like. He, he coaches uh, Dave Asprey of, of Bulletproof, um, Dan Sullivan, but he's one of those 10X kind of thinkers. But he, he just, entrepreneurs are blanket statement that the best people in the world and they make it go round. And I'm like, it's kind of true, but that best people or that I'm like, but it's kind of like starting a church or, or a nonprofit is definitely a good start. But those sh- shits, <laughs> those, those organizations can turn to shit quickly. Yeah. So just because yeah. you, you look like the part doesn't mean you're walking the walk. And so with capitalism, going back to the label thing, I'm like, okay, the, the version of capitalism that I know or that I that I grew up seeing was a bad, uh, a selfish uh, group. But mm-hmm. especially having the, the parent and the upbringing that, that I have and, and, and the, the privilege that I have, I was like, oh, yeah, there's rich people and then there's everyone else. But especially when I kind of fell into this or, or chose to, to do this on my own, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of spectrum. You know, not everyone is greedy scrooge mcduck but also not everyone is hell even profitable and so just to say capitalist or entrepreneur was um, not a racist word or or a a stereotype but it was a very broad word that kind of meant nothing someone tells me they're a consultant or christian so what like i kind of i i could see this big Venn diagram but there's a lot of shades where i'm not sure where they fall in so I don't know if there wasn't a question, but it was like, look, even that word that normally is kind of generic, I think has a lot of power that was, it, it ends the conversation versus starts with, with certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, there's a lot there. Um, first, the nephew's name was Edward Bernays, um, which sounds like a type of sauce. Um, <laughs> it's Fred's uh, nephews. Yeah. Edward Bernays. Um, I think that, with some with some awareness, some some contemplativeness, we'll realize that almost everything in life that we have assigned dualistic polarity isn't true. Mm-hmm. It isn't. It isn't true. There are certain things, light and dark. There's some natural, naturally occurring. Let's just call it this way. There's some naturally occur occurring um, dualism in life, in in nature, and and we can get into that another time. Everything else. Um, where it's presented as two sides is it's a false premise. Um, and so you take something like capitalism. Well, if we're going to disparage capitalism, we also need to, as Steven Pinker and Sam Harris and many others have, have done, um, John, Mac- John um, Mackey from Whole Foods, we have to also look at the good it's done. Yes. We have yes. to. Or, or, or you're just, you're, just uh, you're picking a binary side and you're sticking to it because that's your identity, which is fine, but you don't have much to contribute from an intellectual standpoint. Yeah. Um, it's, it's similar to why people, they don't understand where socialism comes from. Well, socialism comes from shitty CEOs doing terrible things. Yeah. That's where socialism comes from. Um, and so we have to understand, we can't go, oh, they're a bunch of socialists and use it as a disparaging, you know, uh, term. 
Um, so in my view, if we're going to pick like a, 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 the real root problem that we see in like income disparity and whatnot is corporate capitalism. Yeah. Or state run capitalism is another way to look at it, where you look what happens. You, you, you know, I've talked about this. Well, look what happens when a company is goes from being privately held to publicly traded, how it changes their priorities. And like, like Dan Sullivan talks about with entrepreneurs. Yes, no entrepreneur is perfect. But what being an entrepreneur does as it relates to capitalism, it makes you much closer to the people that are you're buying, uh, working with and selling to. Yeah. And it, it makes it very difficult to have humans become a spreadsheet abstract. In corporate capitalism, having humans become a spreadsheet um, abstract is really easy. And I would say bluntly, it's strongly encouraged. Yeah. Well, that's it's funny. I, um, Courtney, my wife, has started a garden. And sometimes it doesn't grow. Sometimes it does. And I'm like, she's talking almost like a, like a, a coach or something. She's like the strategy. She's like, I'm going to move this one here in the shade. I'm going to do this. You see these little flowers. The bees are going to come here and then they're going to pollinate these other ones. And I'm like, you know, gardening and all this stuff or farming, we have these uh, uh, opinions of it. But then I'm like, whoa, someone who was very aesthetic, harmonious, learned how to grow corn, you know, or whatever, potatoes. And then some utilitarian minded person said, Hey, I can scale this. And it's, it's these, it's not bad. And, and that's what I shouldn't have said that when you were describing the the psychology, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's why people were able to sell a bunch of stuff because they appealed to something and, and it worked and it was able to grow. Like you look back at any one person or any one company, like there's bad stuff that happened, but also there's good stuff. Like with COVID right now, I was like, a lot of people missed their shitty jobs. You know, a lot of people would like to go back to work that at a job that didn't fulfill them because it did pay them on time. Something we often overlook that up until two months ago, people who were disengaged at work didn't really give a lot of gratitude to their constant paycheck. And that's something that, you know, the the greedy guys are like, yeah, we do that, which is true. Um, but yeah, what would you say? The duality or like I always think like binary. It's either a one or a zero. Most things aren't like that. Most things are a spectrum. And so I think that's the going back to your phrase that I think I'll use. It's either conversation ender because you've made it binary, good or bad, or a converse, conversation starter, which is what shade are you on? Here's where I'm at. What's in the middle? And let's enjoy this plane ride or cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, what um, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Because, like, it's, one, it's fun. We're doing this this recording. But, like, what do you do to process, if, if at all, everyone else who is not going to think they're a troll or think this is negative, that, hey, it, it serves a purpose? And we, like, how do you how do you deal with people who aren't going to see this as a bad thing, these these conversation enders? Um, well, for me, I think, I think that's a decision everyone has to make on their own of what they're going to do about it. For me, I say something, um, I'll say something and, you know, I've been given a gift of elocution and words to not use it to speak truth is disrespectful. Um, and I often will say when I, when I point something out, there's a distinct chance that I'm wrong. Uh, but I still have to say it. I still have to say it. Yeah. Um, I was 
was talking to a friend who we were the other day and we were talking and he, I mentioned something like, yeah, I feel bad for he was out. I was asked about how my business is doing, how I'm doing within the midst of all the pandemic and everything. I said, you know, it's been pretty good. And but my heart hurts for the hundred thousand lost lives. And he said, this is a good, very good friend. He said, ah, is it really a hundred thousand? <laughs> and I had that pause. And, and then I re- I said, why would you, why do you doubt that? And he goes, well, a lot of these have underlying causes. And I said, I said this, I said, if someone has ca- terminal cancer and they get shot in the head and killed, do they die of cancer or a gunshot wound? And he, and in that moment, he, you could see, he went, all right, you're right. That makes sense. You know, like it's so easy. It's so easy what we do. This is why we have to talk to people we disagree with. Yeah. We have to. Um, I call them rage farts. (laughs) Really easy to sit in a room with a bunch of people rage farting and being like, yeah, and getting intoxicated off of your group's rage farts. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I got to learn the word. I think it's. It's not pendejo, but my dad, there's a word in Spanish that that means that, like someone who likes the smell of their own farts. Okay. Yeah. So, so you see that, I mean, that's what, like, you take something again, back into politics, you take something like Rush Limbaugh. He's been, he's got, you know, I was, I used to listen to him when I was back in my right wing Christian days. Yeah. Um, And I, then I realized about six or six or seven years ago that I didn't think about the term rage farts until a couple weeks ago, but it was. (laughs) echo chamber uh which is why there's so many conspiracy theories inside of echo chambers oh man yeah um that there's this there's this echo chamber of everyone smelling each other's fumes and thinking it's reality yeah oh man one i think we'll go to like another five and we'll we'll call this one but let's um and this is all new so we're experimenting but this this has been fun and uh i'm glad we get to share it but that rage party i I liken it to like drinking in my twenties. I was a late bloomer when it came to drinking, probably not till like 23, 22, 23. But then I went and drank and I partied all the time. Um, and then I had this really good friend. Well, one day we tried to hang out sober and I'm like, this guy is boring. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm boring to him. And then I realized he couldn't stop drinking. And I was like, I really don't want to drink. And, yeah. um, so I, I say that to like, okay, one, I didn't know you, you listened to rush and that's usually, assigned actually there, there's some prejudice here on my end if someone listens to rush all of a sudden i conclude all these things if someone listens to joe rogan all these things oprah all the you know mm-hmm. what are you, you implied that you don't listen to him anymore like what was that transition well i think that i think that might be for a long a longer you know the whole separate podcast so i'll give but i'll episode but i'll give the short short version which is my identity was a right-wing Christian. That's what my identity was. It gave me a home. Um, yeah. And so I started listening to Rush in 1990 when he first went like syndicated. Um, and at the time he gave voice to a lot, he gave a voice to some ideas that, that really hadn't been expressed since uh, Reagan or Barry Goldwater. Yeah. Um, uh, and and you, I kind of overlooked his meanness and his moral inconsistencies with, you know, all the things that he'd done in his private life. I overlooked that because I agreed with him on yeah. a number of issues. Um, oh, man, you, but, you actually that that just answered a whole lot because I, I don't like meanness. And as much as I'm a mean, but like Honey said, I like to poke fun or whatever and harass my friends. Yeah, or yeah. 
but it's i was like why do people why can people who agree with a potus or a whoever runs for office uh, uh i'm sorry who who's so mean it's like well it's different when you agree like if this person's saying something you believe in that's currency and we see it in pretty benign ways i always think back to danny ainge when he played in the nba yeah if he was on your team you loved him yeah if he you hated him. Yep. Um, and so that's a ben- kind of a benign version of this. Um, and so just a short, short version of this is like when I started questioning my belief systems, I could no longer participate in echo chambers. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, and people, and this is funny, I'll, I'll tell you this. I get this, qu- I, not so much anymore, but initially when I stopped going to the church I was raised in and when I, when I, you know, I became a registered independent way back in like 2002, something like that. But yeah. I was still voted Republican uh, most of the time. And but people say, oh, you became well, you became like a, I mean, they did sometimes use this phrase, but they say, oh, you, you're not a right wing Republican. So what are you, an atheist liberal um, a right wing, a Christian Republican or Christ, conservative Christian? So are you a, a godless liberal now or an atheist? I'm like, no, I'm me. Yeah. I am me. I am I my and so my whole thing right now over the last few years has been what is beyond ideology. Ideology is the beer is the beer goggles of reason. Yeah. It, it's it's a it's a lens twister and shaper that makes you docile and easy to control. Yeah. And and I don't want to be easy to control. I want to be a threat. Yeah. I want to be I, I want to be a threat to institutions. I want to be a threat to people that are benefiting from per, the perpetuation of illusion. I want to be a threat to them. And I can't do that if I'm not, if I can't do that, if I'm stuck in, again in an echo chamber. Do you feel that that's how those, some trolls think they are? Yeah, absolutely. And the diff- yeah. to me, the difference is, is the meanness. I think yeah, when I mean, you are... By the definition of a troll that you think that that it goes to so if we could look at it from almost like a, a metaphysical standpoint to me a troll which is an asshole just a different yeah. term um is someone that is fully consumed by their ego mind yeah their ego mind has fully overridden they are completely disconnected from their soul and i, I and that's why i think when, when you see someone that is a troll, that's, that behaves like a troll, either online, offline, in their car, whatever, is what they've lost is they've lost the, 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 the rotor and counter rotor, using a helicopter metaphor, mm-hmm. of reason and compassion. When you don't have reason, you are susceptible to conspiracy theories and you buy in. You think you're an anti-vaxxer. You think uh, global warming is a hoax. You, you think that... Um, or, you know, go to all the leftist conspiracy theories as well. There's yeah. plenty of those, too. That's what happens when you don't have reason. When you don't have compassion, humans are abstracts. So when humans become an abstract, and Cynic talked, wrote about this at length in uh, Leaders Eat Last, when humans become an abstract, it and almost always ends in violence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Nishi referred to this as nihilism, this descent into a place where there is no meaning. And there's no meaning to life because there's no reason and there's no compassion. And ultimately it's really, really sad. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really, really sad that this life that is so full of beautiful, amazing things, someone has reduced it 
to nihilism and this darkness and they play out their fears and their anger and their rage by being a troll. Yeah. Some are some summation of all that. Um, my favorite leader and my, and I think the greatest brander of all time, Jesus, yeah. uh, said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Which is about lack of consciousness. Now we don't have to forgive their behavior. Beha- behavior still requires justice, Yeah, but th- it's sad. Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, it's sad. Yeah. Racism is sad. Elitism is sad. Sexism is sad. Misogyny is sad. Yeah. You know, those are sad. What a sad, sad fucking life. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I liken it to like being drunk or being an addict. And it's it's a lot easier to shoot up or drink when with around other people. Um, and especially mm-hmm. other people like that's, you know, we, we've talked about football and I'm like, you know, Justin's a real football fan. You actually like the game, the strategy. Whereas I think even especially right now, people are missing football. No, they miss a reason to drink on Sunday at noon or whatever the time is. Um, and I'm not saying they hate the sport, but it's, it's what the sport brings. Um, and that, that social acceptance to binge on alcohol, food, carbs, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, what people miss what people miss is a predictable future. Yeah. Because nature kills pretense. Yeah. And it shows that all the future is an illusion. So you can make all the plans you want. I and 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 I love football and sports and whatnot. Um but but I think part of it was like I knew I knew that on you know starting in August with preseason football um and and then going into the fall with college and, and the NFL is uh, at a certain time in the future, on the calendar, I'm going to watch Monday Night Football or I'm going to watch Boise State play whoever because that's my college team. That's gone. But it was never there. Yeah. It was an illusion. Yeah. It was an illusion. The whole thing is an illusion. It doesn't mean you can't be an enthusiast. But as soon as you a- attach some sort of level of assumption or predictability to the future, you are participating in an illusion. Yeah. Ooh. I think we have our name in our podcast. We'll find out. Uh, all right, that's that's the inaugural one. Um, okay. we'll figure, awesome, yeah. fun. Let's, let's do another one. Yeah, I'll book in this stuff. All right, man.